All right, well, here we are at chapter 14. Um, I don't see any chapter notes that I need to give up. We're going to talk a little bit about money again at this time. Um, but I, I think, you know, as much money as we've already talked about, I think everyone should have a pretty good grasp on um, monies by this point. Uh, so I'm not going to dwell too long on that. Um, and we'll just go along with our story. The sudden termination of Colonel Brandon's visit at the park, with his steadiness in concealing its cause, filled the mind and raised the wonder of Mrs. Jennings for two or three days. She was a great wonderer, as everyone must be, who takes a lively interest in all the comings and goings of all their acquaintance. She wondered, with little intermission, what could be the reason of it, to be sure there was some kind of bad news, and thought over every kind of distress that could have befallen him, with a fixed determination that he should not escape at all. "'Something very melancholy must be the matter, I'm sure,' said she. "'I could see it in his face, poor man. "'I'm afraid his circumstances may be very bad. "'The estate at Delaford was never reckoned more than two thousand a year, "'and his brother left everything sadly involved. "'I do think he must have been sent for about money matters. "'What else can it be? "'I wonder whether it is so. "'I would be give anything to know the truth of it. "'Perhaps it is about Miss Williams.' "'And by the by, I dare say it is, because he looked so conscious when I mentioned her. "'Maybe she's ill in town. "'Nothing in the world could be more likely, for I have a notion she was always rather sickly. "'I would lay any wager that it is about Miss Williams, "'but it is not so very likely that he should be in distressed circumstances now, "'for he's a very prudent man, and must have all cleared the state by this time. "'I wonder what it can be. "'Maybe his sister is worse off at Avignon and has to send for him over.' He's setting off in such a hurry seems very like it. Well, I wish him out of all this trouble with all my heart and a good wife into the bargain. Um, I will interject there. So she mentions that Delaford was left by Colonel Brandon's brother in very poor affairs. So what she's saying there is that Delaford was originally inherited by Colonel Brandon's older brother because older brothers would have always inherited the estate and Colonel Brandon was off having a career so he he was obviously the younger son because he had a career older brothers would have just trained to uh, manage the estate older brother apparently did a very bad job of it and died and Colonel Brandon was able to inherit it and she said it only was valued at 2000 a year keep in mind 2000 a year is a very very tidy sum um, and, uh, but she says, he he must probably have got everything into rights by now, even though five minutes ago she was thinking that, oh, it's probably all in disarray still because of his brother. So she's just a very contradictory sort of busybody woman who just likes to talk, I think. Um, I can relate to that, though I hope I'm not quite so rude as Mrs. Jennings. Um... Anyway, so that that's a little bit of Colonel Brandon's backstory that's kind of like between the lines, but I think that it would have been known by people reading the book that as a man fitted up with a profession, he had been the younger son. I think that would have been fairly evident to um, readers of the time, so I feel the need to mention it specifically now. Okay, on we go. 
So wondered, so talked Mrs. Jennings, her opinion varying with every fresh conjecture, all seemingly pr equally probable as they arose. Eleanor, though she really felt interested in the welfare of Colonel Brandon, could not bestow all the wonder on his going away so suddenly, which Mrs. Den Jennings was desirous of her feeling. <laughs> forgot to mute my phone <laughs> I was doing so good too you guys have no idea I was doing so good but for that amazing circumstance did not in her opinion justify such lasting amazement or variety of speculation her wonder was otherwise disposed of it was engrossed by the extraordinary silence of her sister and Willoughby on a subject which they must know to be particularly interesting to them all as this silence continued, every day made it appear more strange and more incompatible with the disposition of both. Why should they not openly acknowledge to her mother and herself what their constant behavior to each other declared to have taken place? Eleanor could not imagine. I think we've mentioned before, but Eleanor is just convinced from the way these two are acting that they are engaged. They must be secretly engaged, and Eleanor is trying to figure out why don't they just say it? Why are they, why are they keeping it to themselves? Like, you know, they why they could just tell us that they're engaged, and it would make a lot of what they do and how they behave with one another more appropriate if they were engaged. But by keeping it silent, it seems weird, and so and she's just like, and it's not like my sister or Willoughby as she knows him. To keep silent on things like that. So, um, yeah, there, uh, that's what Eleanor's mentioning. She could easily convince, conceive, that marriage might not be immediately in their power, for Willoughby was independent, but there was no reason to believe him rich. His estate had been rated by Sir John at five or six hundred a year, but he lived at such an expense to which that income could hardly be equal, and he had often complained of poverty. But for a strange kind of secrecy maintained by their relatives to their engagement, which in fact concealed nothing at all, she could not account, and it was so wholly contradictory with their general opinions and practice that a doubt sometimes entered her mind of their being really engaged, and this doubt was enough to prevent her making any inquiry of Marianne. Okay, so he has an estate at six or seven hundred a year, which, remember, is more than these ladies, four ladies, are living off of. And he's complaining of his poverty. And she's noticed in him that he lives rather extravagantly, meaning he's probably well-dressed, the latest fashions, complete new wardrobes all the time. He's got this fancy carriage. He's got great horses, the best dogs. So he probably is living kind of, like, to the salary which... These four people are able to make their income. He himself is like exceeding above and beyond that just off of one man's salary. So um, it was, a, it's actually an effective way of talking about, you know, the British um, system of income and wealth at this time was so fluctuating. Like, um, it, it's just crazy. Anyway, I, and I guess we have people like that in this world that, you know, like, someone drops on a new car what somebody makes in a yearly salary and it's like are you serious um but anyway okay we're just gonna go back to the story oh um so she because she's not sure if they're really engaged she's afraid of asking marianne about it because she doesn't want to force marianne to s tell a secret or something but if they are engaged 
and it's a secret that's fine but it's weird but if they're not engaged then she really wishes she could talk to marianne about it and scold her about it but she also doesn't want to pry into private matters so eleanor is trying to be quiet about the whole thing which i think is just very nice um i don't know if marianne would be quite as still in comparison in fact we know she's not because she already like prodded eleanor at the beginning of the book about what's your relationship with wedward are you engaged stuff like that okay nothing could be more expressive attachment to them all than willoughby's behavior to marianne it had always given the distinguishing tenderness which a lover's heart could give and to the rest of the family it was affection affectionate attention of a son and brother the cottage seemed to be considered and loved by him as his home many more of his hours were spent there than at allenham and if no general engagement collected them at the park the exercise which called them out in the morning was almost certain of ending there where the rest of the day was spent by himself at the side of marianne and his favorite pointer at her feet one evening in particular about a week after colonel brandon had left the country his heart seemed more usually open to every feeling of attachment of the objects around him and mrs dashwood's happening happening to mention her design of improving the cottage in the spring he warmly opposed every alteration of the place with affection had established it as perfect with him what he exclaimed improvement of this dear cottage no that i will never consent to not a stone must be added to its walls nor an inch to its size if my feelings are regarded do not be alarmed said miss dashwood nothing of the kind will be done for my mother will never have enough money to attempt it i am heartily glad of it he cried may she always be poor if she can employ her riches no better thank you willoughby but you may be assured that i would not sacrifice one sentiment of local attachment of yours or of any one whom i love for the improvements in the world depend upon it whenever an unemployed sum may remain when i make up oh nope this is supposed to be mrs dashwood thank you willoughby but you may be assured that i would not sacrifice one sentiment of local attachment of yours or any one of whom i love for all the improvements in the world depend upon it that whenever the unemployed sum may remain i will make up my accounts in the spring i would even rather let it lay uselessly by than dispose of it in a manner painful to you but are you really so attached to this place as to see no defect in it i am to me this is faultless nay more i consider it as the only form of a building in which happiness is attainable and were i rich enough i would instantly pull comble down and build it up again with the exact plan of this cottage combe which is probably the name of his estate um house in somersetshire with dark stairs and a kitchen that smokes i suppose said eleanor yes cried he in an eager tone with all and everything belonging to it no one convenience or inconvenience about it it should be the least variation to be perceptible then and then only under such a roof i might be as happy at combe as i have been at barton i flatter myself replied eleanor that even under the disadvantage of better rooms and a broader staircase you will hereafter find your own house as faultless now as you do this there are certainly circumstances said willoughby which may greatly endear it to me but this place will always have one claim on my affection which no other can possibly share mrs dashwood looked with pleasure at marianne whose fine eyes were now fixed so expressively on willoughby as plainly denoted how well she understood him 
How often I wish, added he, that when I was at Allenham this twelve months that Barton College were inhabited, I never passed within view of it without admiring its situation and grieving that no one should live in it. How little then did I think when I heard the very first news I should hear from Mrs. Smith when I came into the country that would be that Barton Cottage was taken, and I felt it a kind of prescience of happiness I should experience from it can account for. Must it not be so, Marianne? speaking to her in a lowered voice he then continued in his former tone and said and yet this house you would spoil mrs dashwood you would rob it of its simplicity by imaginary improvement and this dear parlour in which our acquaintance first began in which so many happy hours have been spent by us together you would degrade it to the condition of a common entrance and everybody would be eager to pass through the room which had hitherto contained within itself more real accommodation and comfort than any other apartment of the handsomest dimensions in the world could possibly afford mrs dashwood assured him again that no alteration of the kind should be attempted you are a good woman he replied warmly your promise makes me easy extend it only a little further and it will make me happy tell me not that your house will remain the same but that i shall ever find you and yours tell me not only that your house will remain the same but that i shall ever find you and yours as unchanged as your dwelling that you should always consider me with the kindness which has made everything belonging to you so dear to me the promise was readily given, and Willoughby's behaviour during the whole evening declared at once his affection and happiness. Shall we see you tomorrow shall we see you tomorrow at dinner? said Mrs. Dashwood when he was leaving them. I do not ask you to come in the morning, for we must walk in the park to call on Lady Middleton. He engaged to be with them by four o'clock. End chapter fourteen. Okay, so Willoughby is here being a little silly. Um, he's, you know, oh, this house is perfection. And Eleanor's like, yeah, the dark stairways, the smoky kitchen, really perfection. And he's like, yes, of course, I've never been happier in my life than when I am here. And, you know, it's all very sweet. And he definitely seems to be hinting that his fondest wish is to be with them always and that his acquaintance with them all is the best and so, yeah, Eleanor is completely convinced that they must be, they must be in love. They must be engaged. Um, and so even if they were not possible for them to get married at the present, they, in sort of keeping with tradition, they would have announced their engagement. Um, and then they would be allowed to behave a little more closely and openly with each other. Um, and it might be a long engagement, which is kind of a hotly debated issue. Some people um, in this day and age thought a long engagement was um, a hard on a couple. Uh, if you remember in Persuasion, and though she herself says she wished that they tried for a long engagement and it would have been better off for them than just breaking off. Uh, their attachment um and so yeah they they might have a long engagement until he can inherit alanum which would give him more money or until he can get his estate in order um but he they should be announcing their engagement and there's no reason to keep it 
to keep it quiet. Um, and uh, personally, I would not want my daughter to marry someone who can't manage their finance. Like, that that seems like a really rough life to, you know, get your daughter mixed up in, that she's going to marry someone who can't manage, you know, even the sum of money he has. What is he going to do when he inherits a larger estate, has more money? They're going to be in debt always. It just seems like a not, I don't know. I, I would try and talk my daughter out of out of that, or I'd try and talk to the boy and be like, you got to get your finances in order, son, if you want any chance with my girl. I'm like, mm, yeah. Um, but that could just be me. <laughs> uh, so what do you think? How are you liking this story? What it, Marianne is being a little, little rash, but she's in love and it's nice. What do you think of Willoughby? Why, why do you think they aren't announcing their engagement? Um, let me know your thoughts. Let me see. Next chapter is, what are we on? Chapter 15 already? Oh my gosh. Oh, sorry, kitty. I woke you up. Chapter 15 is a bit longer, so we'll have that to look forward to. And um, I, yeah, I think that's it. I hope you all are having a very good Monday. I've got some errands planned. I gotta go to the dry cleaners. I gotta go to the store. I gotta make kale chips for dinner. Ooh, exciting. You know, that kind of stuff. But it's always nice to sit and read Jane Austen for you guys um, for a few hours every day. Uh, enjoying it greatly. I hope you all are too. And we'll talk later. Bye, everybody.